Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. Look, I want to start off by saying thank you guys for all those who have subscribed to the channel over the last few weeks. Please hit that subscribe button before we jump into today's podcast. If you have liked what you've heard over the last few weeks, we are aiming to hit that 1,000 subscriber mark here by the end of spring ball. So help us out. But on to spring ball now for SMU as the Mustangs are now in just a few days away from being back on the practice field Thursday, March 2nd. Uh, this week, the Mustangs will take the field for the second spring practice under Rhett Lashley's direction. And look, I mean, I want to kick off this week by sharing, you know, a lot of thoughts on storylines. You know, who are the players I want to see the most? Um, what are the biggest question marks in spring? Uh, what are some of the breakout or overlooked players that we're going to get a chance to lay eyes on and, and they'll have a chance to make a statement this spring. Those are what we're going to talk about today on the podcast. Obviously, we previewed the linebacker position last week, and we will preview the wide receiver and tight end room just in time for the start of spring ball. We'll drop that one a day early than normal, uh, dropping it on Thursday. But I did want to spend pretty much this whole podcast talking about SMU spring practice. We'll go through more and more on, on this as we get an opportunity to actually get on the field but this is like one of your final preview podcasts, right? So let's jump right in. The players I'm most looking forward to seeing this spring. And I limited myself to six. So it ended up that uh, there were uh, three on each side of the ball. It wasn't on purpose that it happened that way. But I do want to lead off with a guy that I think you could almost categorize him as a little bit of an overlooked player. Uh, but I want to go with Jake Bailey. You know, this is somebody that last year was really on a tear for SMU um, when he got hurt. And that was a big deal to the passing game when Jake Bailey went down. Um, he was somebody that SMU really loved in the slot. Uh, a lot of you, if, if you you know followed closely, um, knew that he was one of Preston Stone's favorite targets just in general as far as when he got there um, and when he started to, to produce and and do all those things um, with SMU, he really, um, you know, was a big loss when he went down, um, you know, for, for SMU. So he went off against TCU, eight catches, 160 yards, 163 yards and a touchdown. Also had four catches for 42 yards against Maryland. But ultimately, he red shirts um, instead of, um, you know, being able to play out the rest of the season. And I think when you look at this offense, with them adding Keyshawn Smith and having Jordan Curley back and Moochie Dixon back. And we'll, we'll certainly talk a lot about uh, some of those guys. Uh, the, the factor that I'm watching closely is Jake Bailey's impact. You know, when you have RJ Maryland also out there, who's kind of able to be moved around Jake Bailey's that slot that, 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 you know, man beater zone beater, however you want to put it. Um, he is a player that, 
you know, SMU can really use in different ways. And I think with his speed, he's going to be um, really fun to watch. So I, I'll lead off with Jake Bailey, a returning player who, you know, certainly had a lot of his uh, first season at SMU lost um, to injury. Then I'll, I'll go with, with a bunch of transfers, quite honestly. And, you know, the one I lead off with is Jalen Knighton. Um, he is really somebody that, you know, getting a chance to watch more and more of his tape. I'm excited to see what he can do in spring practice, you know, returning to this offense. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He showed that, you know, a lot at Miami. And, and I think that's an exciting thing to look at, um, you know, when it comes to what Jalen Knighton can bring to the table. Uh, I just feel like he's explosive and I want to see him in person. I want to see that happen. You know, I saw LJ Johnson a lot in high school. Um, we've seen Kamar Wheaton, but, you know, I haven't seen Jalen Knighton in person. I want to see what he can do um, for this SMU offense. And then, you know, lastly, on uh, the offensive side of the ball, Lonnie Johnson, you know, kind of an under the radar pick here. But, you know, with his size, I just am excited to see kind of how they move him around where he's at physically. Um, obviously, you could have picked Jackson Lavender, but I, I saw a lot of Jackson. I know uh, what they're getting in him, an explosive slot and, and return man. But um, when you look at Lonnie Johnson, he's somebody that lost most of his senior season to injury. He ended up getting, uh, I believe it was a shoulder, uh, you know, cleaned up and, and started getting ready for SMU. So um, if he's ready to go and able to compete, which I think he is, that's going to be a player that I want to see because you have RJ Maryland coming back. And if Lonnie can really, you know, add that weight and, and make a statement in that regard uh, with his play, he could be somebody who could be on the rise as far as potential playing time at the tight end position as well before they, you know, eventually add a transfer. So this is a big spring for Lonnie Johnson. If he can pick up the offense quickly, if he can show some of the traits that they liked when they went out and saw him and, and really turned up the heat on him recruiting wise, you know, this is a, this could be a big spring for him. I flip over to the defensive side of the ball. I really want to see Jordan Miller. I've heard just how big he is, how strong he is. And I want to see him be a player that can really take over in the middle. And look, you know, we talked on uh, the position battle podcast last week that we won't be seeing, you know, the end of the left guard and center competition and some of the other position battles along the offensive line. And that's because, you know, Logan Parr and Ja'Kai Clark will still be coming this summer. But I want to see how Branson Hickman, I want to see how Ben Sparks and some of these returning guys, Justin Osborne, handle how big of a dude Jordan Miller is in the middle. And I want to see him be productive too. I think that's something that'll be important to kind of set the tone for this defense is if Jordan Miller can have you know, lack of a better term, kind of a breakout first spring here and really show what he can do and, and show how he's going to change this defense. Then I move into the secondary and two players that I'm ready to see for two very different reasons. And I look at Jalen Davis Robinson. He redshirted at LSU last year. I saw him in high school. I saw him right before he went off to LSU and he had bulked up considerably. I want to see where they play him. I want to see his natural speed. I want to see him play with confidence. You know, I think at LSU, he was starting to turn the corner as far as on-field play. And Brian Kelly really talked him up. Um, and just for full disclosure, we don't see practice during the season at LSU, but um, they, they don't let us in. But as far as Brian Kelly talking him up, that said a lot. So you factor in his speed, you factor in his size. He's been in a college weight room for a year. 
I really want to see how he does this year. You know, Charles Woods is somebody we're going to watch, see how he's healthy. You know, Chris Meganson, he's coming back to a defense that he's very familiar with. He's played a lot of football. All of these guys in the secondary have played a lot of football. But Jalen Davis Robinson hasn't yet at the college level. So I'm excited to see what he does and how he puts it together in the spring uh, because that's a wild card kind of uh, transfer addition for SMU. You know, you added two guys who played a lot of football in Charles Woods and Chris Meganson at corner, and you bring in Jalen Davis Robinson, who played corner at LSU. Now it's you're kind of playing with house money. If you get a lot out of them this year, that's huge. Same story with A.J. Davis, you know, the way he came on last year. Um, and we'll talk about him in a bit. But I'm excited to see Jalen Davis Robinson. I haven't seen him in person um, since, um, you know, he just – was just about to go off to LSU. So um, he could be kind of one of those guys that makes a splash this spring. Jonathan McGill is my final pick. And I mean, this is kind of one of those stories that goes back years and years as a recruit uh, at a Coppell. And, and obviously we were very familiar with Jonathan and, and his, you know, path to Stanford and then ends up being a captain. And, and now he's coming back to the DFW area to play out his final two years of college football. This is, uh, he has the potential to be a game changer, not only on the field for SMU, but as far as leadership and showing these guys how to do it. They brought in Ahmad Walker. They brought in Chris Meganson. Um, those are some of the guys that they they are bringing in from the standpoint of these guys know this defense. They know how the staff wants it to, to go. But Jonathan McGill is just a, just a pro. And I think the way he interacts and the way he leads that safety room with Scott Simons now back there coaching it is going to be very critical to how this defense looks in spring. And, um, you know, one thing Scott Simons told me is, look, Jonathan McGill has not stopped calling. He's not stopped, um, you know, trying to learn and be ready to go. And that was obviously before he actually got to SMU. Um, but now he's the same guy. He's in there all the time, you know, looking at film and trying to learn that defense. So he's trying to be ready to go. I'm interested to see, how he leads that secondary because he is a natural leader. Um, he is a football player, as Rhett Lashley called him at the National Signing Day uh, celebration they had. And I think, you know, it's been a long road to finally get to see Jonathan McGill play for SMU. So he's a guy that I'm excited when I uh, excited to see. When I look at the breakout candidates and some overlooked names that aren't talked enough about, in my opinion, going into spring. I wanted to share three on this one. Um, and I lead off with, with Moochie Dixon. And the reason I say Moochie Dixon is you have Jordan Curley coming back. Everybody knows about Keyshawn Smith and Romello Brinson coming into the program. They brought in, you know, a lot of high school signees. Um, and then they have Jake Bailey coming back off injury. Uh, I mentioned Jordan Curley earlier. Uh, but now you have, Moochie Dixon, who kind of came on a little bit late in the year, and they really liked what he was doing uh, from a produ production standpoint and really buying in. It took a minute. It took a minute to get um, Moochie to kind of not necessarily buy in, but just do it uh, the way that Rob Likens wants it done. And that's just a reality. You know, I mean, it's hard. You know, you transfer in. It's your first season. Uh, it's Rob Likens' first season. But Played in all 13 games, which I think says a lot about him. Uh, finished with 28 receptions, 378 yards, and three scores on the year. Um, when I look at what he's able to do for this offense, I think he's got the chance to really 
turn the corner this spring and and kind of make some waves. I, I really do. And and you know, call me crazy. I just think he's got um, that ability, that natural ability um, to 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 be playing at the highest level as far as um, you know. SMU's overall receiver group. Like, I, I don't think he's a talent drop-off from Jordan Curley. I don't think he's a talent drop-off from Jake Bailey or Keyshawn Smith. I think he's got the talent. And so if he can continue to progress, he has a chance to break out and really, you know, not necessarily reinvent himself by any means, but give people that buzz back that they that they heard about when he came out of Carthage and when he went to Texas and then when he transferred to SMU and the buzz around him coming in. He's somebody that I think is not talked enough about in the grand scheme of the wide receiver room. So I'm interested to see how he fits in. Another player is Ben Sparks on the offensive line. We know Logan Parr and Ja'Kai Clark are coming in this summer. We know they'll both have something to say along the offensive line and maybe Somebody like P.J. Williams battles along the interior, but Ben Sparks has waited his turn. He's waited his turn a long time, and I think he's going to come out with a very strong spring. He was somebody that was really pushing late in the season, and they started to see more out of. I think it's time to turn him loose. He's going to get plenty of reps at left guard, and I, I think for Ben Sparks, this is a massive spring, and you took you, you talk about bringing in Hyron White and P.J. Williams and uh, Logan Parr and Ja'Kai Clark, and you have Marcus Bryant returning, and you have Justin Osborne returning. But I just look at Ben Sparks, and he's just he's just kind of uh, steadily progressed throughout his career. And I think this is the spring that he stakes his claim to that starting job so that it's at least on steady footing heading into the summer before the transfers arrive. So... I'm looking forward to see him play. He's very competitive, very tough. Um, and I think, you know, the door is open for him to, to really stake a claim to that starting job. And then finally, A.J. Davis is entirely overlooked. Charles Woods comes in. Chris Meganson comes in. We talked about Jalen Davis Robinson. But A.J. Davis has really impressed this staff. And if you're at the National Signing Day event, um, and in talking with sources around the program, he is somebody that just – works his tail off is tough is physical is um chippy in a good way he just doesn't really take anything from anyone and the only thing he's trying to take is playing time and he's locked in on football and i think that's important i think he's done a really nice job coming on late in the season he got more and more time as the season went on and he earned it and ricky hunley rewarded him for it uh i think they're very high on him and what he's going to do, but with the transfer additions and even throughout the whole secondary, that is a player who I would say is is looking like he's overlooked. And I think he's going to show people this spring that he is he is not to be overlooked. He can be maybe even in the starting uh, you know pair of corners. You know, maybe out opposite Charles Woods. Um, maybe he can find a way to beat out Chris Meganson. I know those are two veterans, but AJ Davis is really doing his best to to make a claim that he can be a starter. I think at the very least, you're looking at him being in the two deep. As far as who makes the biggest splash in spring ball, and this uh, and this question actually comes from our mailbag edition uh, questions. Beacon's Pony 
uh, or BK Inns Pony asks, who's the biggest, who's going to make the biggest splash? And I think there's two parts to this. There's, there's who, who is a really strong football player that you think is going to have a great spring. And then there's who's going to make the biggest splash and have people talking about him all the time. And I think the biggest splash player is probably going to be, if I had to guess, it's probably going to be a mod walker. I, I just think he's got that speed and in, in spring practice, and he's got the understanding of the defense. I think he's going to be able to fly around and I think he's going to have people talking about him in a big way. Uh, that's, I mean, that's the long and short of it. And he's been productive. He's started for Scott Simons. He's, it, it, I mean, it, there's a respect from Scott Simons for Ahmad Walker that, I mean, you could tell he's excited to have him back on the team. And then biggest splash as far as, you know, maybe making a move. I, I kind of want to lean toward, um, I kind of want to lean, lean towards Hyron White the Missouri right tackle transfer. I I think people look at him and he missed last season, but he's healthy now. Um, He's a massive human and he's gotten a lot of buzz uh, from the coaching staff as well. So I'm going to go with Hyron White being the one that, you know, really like says, wow, all right, they've found their right tackle for next year. And and he's not, you know, uh, a revolving door. He's going to be uh, steady. He's going to be huge. He's going to help in the run game. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But, um, you know, I, I pick Hyron White to make a huge splash. And uh, if he jumped in a pool, he'd absolutely make a big one uh, as well uh, with his, you know, frame in general. So um, the back half of this podcast, the biggest questions for SMU that need to be answered in spring ball. I think one thing with spring, and I want to lead off of this because pe- pe- we've been far enough away from the season that people – it's kind of died down, but tackling. I mean, this I and talking to sources, this is this is gonna be a spring that they push the physicality, they push the tackling. And if that's the case, I really want to see it get better. And I want to see how they do that. And when you look at adding Maurice Crum and moving Scott Simons back there, those are two position groups that struggled the most. Um and in the linebackers case, they, they certainly have um, very little depth right now there. So they're going to have to step up and, and show what they can do. That whole defense has to improve on tackling. And we won't know until the season starts. We won't know what it looks like and how well they did at trying to uh, piece it together, but that's what they've got to do. They've got to work on tackling. And, and I mean, it's just a reality. They were that bad last year. So I mean, I trust SMU is going to be more physical this spring. They're not going to be teaching as much. Obviously, they'll have new players, but they'll have enough players that have been through it all to kind of go at a little faster pace, um, you know, throughout spring. But this is a group that that has to work on tackling. And it's a question that won't necessarily be answered. But I think for those of us who have watched years and years of practice, I want to see a lot more emphasis on tackling, tackling drills, being physical, and I'm interested to see how they can accomplish that in spring ball. The next one for me is developing pass rushers. I think this is something that SMU has to continue to push for. You have a group that includes a Nelson Paul, a veteran pass rusher on the edge, and then you have guys like Jaden Jones, Jalen Samuels, Isaiah Smith, 
still relatively young players in that mix. Um, and I feel like it's a group that has to improve um, as far as getting after the quarterback and, and not only getting after the quarterback, but containing, getting them down, not allowing them to escape. I want to see that pass rushing ability and pass rush discipline improve uh, in a big way this spring. Preston Stone can move around. Kevin Henry Jennings can move around. Alex Goody has got some ability to extend too. Um, but when it comes to pass rush, I want to see them be able to get off the line of scrimmage, add to their moves, get some get some pass rush, get some you know pressure on the quarterback, but also contain. Don't let things break down and allow um, either you know Stone or whoever to scramble for yardage and, and continue to move the move the chains or um, what have you. But I just feel like um, pass rush is a big one for me. And it's a good time to work on skills and developing that pass rush and, um, you know, just continuing to add to that craft. Uh, finally, uh, on, on um, the offensive side, got two for you. Run blocking, <clears throat> run blocking overall is something that I really want SMU to continue to show some improvement on. I feel like that's an area that they just didn't have enough push overall um, this this past year until they they kind of I don't know what they did they they just settled in they figured it out a little bit um, but you know um, I, I just feel like it's it's a, it's a the trait that last year's offensive line was not the best at or most consistent at. Pass pro was terrific last year. I mean, Tanner Mordecai, Preston Stone, whoever was back there had plenty of time to go through progressions. Um, and I, I think this is a good time um, to, you know, really push that envelope. And it, and it comes with having depth now, I would say, on the defensive line that can make you better. Battling Jordan Miller, Elijah Roberts, um, Elijah Chapman, Tavir Levelston, uh, Jaden Jones, Nelson Paul, um, David Abiara. I mean, they've got guys on that defensive line that they can, um, you know, be ready to roll with as far as, you know, just just battling in terms of, you know, the run game and cleaning up some of the things that SMU struggled with earlier in the early in the year in the run game. You know, one thing that is somewhat forgotten in all of that um, progression the run game showed in the middle and back half of the season is they played some some defenses that weren't as good as the ones they played early in the year. I mean, UCF was one of the best defenses. Um, TCU always has that weird style. Uh, well, now TCU does with Joe Gillespie there, but has that weird style that makes it tough to run on. Um, and, and then, you know, they, they just um, weren't able to, you know, always put that together um you know they played a more athletic group in maryland um yeah i i just feel like some of what they were able to accomplish in the run game was a little bit also because of the opponents they played so i want to see just that overall run game continue to improve i think it starts with the run blocking you have the talent up front with this offensive line and It'll only get better in the summer when Logan Parr and Ja'Kai Clark come in. Maybe they find another offensive line transfer to add in there. But I feel like this is a really critical spring for the run blocking scheme and development of SMU's offensive line. So I want to see that improve. And finally, who's next at tight end? 
um, that's that's one that we're going to continue to uh, look at as you know spring turns into fall camp. Uh, but you did add Lonnie Johnson into the fold. Um, they do have Simon Gonzalez, Nolan Matthews Harris. They have uh, multiple guys back in that room to battle with RJ Maryland. What can they come up with in the spring? And that may be a question that isn't answered until fall camp if they can add a graduate transfer into the fold. But I just think that that's a group that I want to see um, more of uh, in terms of just trying to get them get them ready. I mean, I you know, I mean, you can't you can't really get in the way or, or you can't um, help players that that aren't necessarily willing to help themselves. Like we haven't seen it from Simon Gonzalez. We haven't seen it from Nolan Matthews Harris yet. Um, Cam Allen didn't show much last year. You know, the only one that did was RJ Maryland. Uh, so you've got to find a way um, to to get that group um, ready to go and and just keep pushing them because they they are a group that uh, I think that group in a way behind RJ Maryland really let this team down last year. Um, you know, I, I think if someone was able to put something together, they would have been a little bit different, maybe in the run blocking, maybe um, just a different option in the pass game here or there. But, you know, I, I feel like this is a group that really just it, it, it's time for them to step up a little bit and get it right. Finally, uh, one key question, you know, Preston Stone, he broke that collarbone, uh, had that surgery. He's back in workouts. It looks like he is going to be cleared and ready to go for spring ball. But how does he look? How does he look throwing the football? Is there any discomfort? Are they watching his uh, numbers as far as, you know, uh, mileage on his arm? You know, I think one of the things Preston Stone always wants to do is work his absolute tail off. And I think taking a little bit of time and maybe being on a pitch count is not a bad thing for him because he's played a ton of football over the course of his career. We know that dating back to high school. Um, obviously, he got a little bit of a rest in his first year on campus. And then this past year, um, he was the backup and certainly saw some extended time. But I think coming off that injury, you just want to be careful. You know, I think to answer one of our mailbag questions uh, from uh, Abide Dude or Dude Abide, uh, I would say is, is, the, is Preston Stone the day one starter or is there going to be a quarterback competition? And right now, I just don't see a quarterback competition. You know, just I hear more and more about, you know, it's Preston's turn. Obviously, they're going to have competition. They're going to continue to compete. Um, but Preston Stone is, you know, he earned that backup job um, over Kevin Henry Jennings. He was off to a good start before he got hurt. He played, you know, made some great plays last year. He also made some you know, throws that he would want back. You know, I think that interception, I think it was against Lamar. Um, you know, he wasn't perfect, but he showed the upside. He showed the talent level that he's got. So um, for Preston Stone, I, I think he's somebody that uh, now that that injury is behind him, you want to make sure that he is all healthy and ready to go. And um, so I am that is probably one of my biggest points that I'm watching this spring is how does Preston Stone look? coming off that injury. So with that, I feel like you guys are ready now with some of the biggest questions and uh, breakout predictions uh, as far as fall, as far as uh, spring practice goes, which starts on Thursday. We get access as of now on Saturday, March 4th for our first look at the Mustangs in spring ball. So 
please check out on theponyexpress.com. Keep hitting that subscribe button to our YouTube channel. And we will catch you guys later this week with much more coverage of the Mustangs, as well as talking some SMU hoops as well. So please subscribe to ontheponyexpress.com and also hit that subscribe button to our YouTube channel and get ready for spring ball. It's almost here, everyone. Thanks for listening to this edition of the On the Pony Express podcast.